Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills, in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter 33. Here's Pastor Ryan. In this world. And the devil whispers in the ear that if you kill this baby, you'll have more resources for yourself. And so he killed his sons. Wicked Manasseh. Wicked man. In 2 Kings 21, where it speaks about his life, it also says, moreover, in verse 16, more, you can check it out later. It says, Moreover, Manasseh shed very much innocent blood till he had filled Jerusalem from one end to the other with innocent blood. There was a massive slaughter of people. We're not told of, of like who in particularly. But most commentators believe it was the prophets who were warning him. The people who were warning them. They were good priests. They were good Levites. They were good worshipers of Yahweh there who, who, who must have risked their life, but had to. We loved your father. He was a godly man. What are you doing, Manasseh? And he would not have it. And it was such a great slaughter that we're told in 2 Kings 21, 16, that it was a great slaughter, whatever it was. Tradition tells us that uh, Isaiah the prophet was killed at this time by Manasseh, that he hid in the hollow tree trunk, and they found him, and they cut that tree trunk in half. And you read in um, Hebrews 11.37 that some they stoned, and some were sawn in two. And they believe, tradition says, that that could have been Isaiah the prophet. Manasseh was... It's very wicked. He practiced soothsaying, which is basically um, divination in uh, trying to interpret the future, find out what the future holds, right? It's like all the, the card reading, the palm readers of that time, soothsayers, divination, you know, trying to figure out through wicked, evil spirits to figure out the future, what it, what it held, which is forbidden, obviously, in the Word of God, by God in Deuteronomy. He used witchcraft, which witchcraft is, is the seeking to control others via evil powers. Seeking to control others. When you think of witches, witchcraft, it's, 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 it's to control others by evil spiritual means. And sorcery is to try to gain power for oneself through evil spirits. Sorcery. Or pharmacia, you know what I mean? Drugs, whatever. All of it. And he consulted mediums and spiritists. I was driving down Beaumont Avenue and I saw a shop that said spiritist something. Did you guys see that yet? The cards and the hands and 
I mean, I don't need to warn you guys about that stuff, but, you know, in case there's a visitor and you're into that. I used to be into my horoscope something awful. I was superstitious before I came to know Christ. I'd flip the I'd flip a quarter and say, "Should I do this or not? Is it going to be a good day or not?" You didn't do it. <laughs> so okay, so I was messed, more messed up than you. But I I I'd do that, and then I'd read like my horoscope. And I'd read a Gideon Bible, Proverbs, whatever the day was, and I wasn't saved. Someone gave it to me, and my friend said, there's 31 of them, read one a day. I'd read a proverb, I'd read my horoscope, and I'd flip quarters. (laughs) (laughs) But then I got saved, and I realized now, as you do in Jesus Christ, all things work together for good for those who love Christ and are called according to his purposes. I know exactly how my life's going to go. It's going to go good. Even if I die, it's going to go good. No matter what happens, we're falling forward. We are blessed. It's all icing on the cake. Things are going to work out good for you. Believe it. But there are people who are consulting mediums and spiritists. He, he did much evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. He even set a carved image, the idol, which he had made in the house of God, of which God said to David and to Solomon his son, in this house and in Jerusalem, which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel, I will put my name forever, forever. In this house, in this house, may this church always be holy. May we seek to keep his house holy. He doesn't want us to be sin police or sin sniffers. But if you see something that is wrong in the house of the Lord, we got to take care of it, address it. You know, to not do so is an affront to the Lord. It's a test, you know. So if you see something, let us know. And uh, we'll put Clarissa right where she needs to be. <laughs> in my heart, that is. <laughs> so um yeah the, his house is just they he just defiled it and i will not again remove he said that he would not again remove the foot of israel from the land which i have appointed for your fathers only if they are careful to do all that i have commanded them according to the whole law and the statutes and the ordinances by the hand of moses so Manasseh seduced Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to do more evil than the nations whom the Lord had destroyed before the children of Israel. And so, you know, the writer here says that they sinned, obviously against the Lord, against his house, and and he, he quotes what, what was said through Moses, that if they would honor God's commandments, they would be blessed. They would not be run off to other lands. They would be blessed in that house. They would be blessed in their land. That God would bless them only if they were careful to adhere to his commands. And I say this about the word of God. The word of God, if it is studied with a humble heart, if you search out God's heart with a humble heart, with sincerity in your heart, 
Father, I want to hear from you right now when I read your word. I want your wisdom. I want your understanding. I want to obey it. I want to know it. If you cry out for discernment, the Bible says, with sincerity, and you read his word systematically, not jumping around like we've never been to school before. I've never been to a class where they say, we're going to jump around everywhere. They go from page one, page two. It, you just read through it systematically. You, but you, with the humble heart, the humble student, the humble student of God's word is the one that experiences the power of God's word. I've read this book too many times and not sense the power or the fruit of it, because I'm just going through it religiously. I'm really not wanting or focusing on the word. I'm just kind of going through the motions. Remember to focus on it. Remember to approach the word of God in an ascent way. Like, I'm, I'm reading this with the faith that I am going to get wiser in reading it. I'm reading this word in, in a way that I know my problems will be answered through this word. You're, you're ascending. It's an ascent when you read. It's not just I'm reading it and I'm done. It's I'm reading it with, with faith that I believe God is and he's a rewarder to those who seek him diligently. It's a word of God that changes everything. It's a word of God that will strengthen you. It gives the, the simple wisdom. Manasseh did not go there, and so he's, act, he's asking a bunch of weirdos what to do with his life. So Manasseh seduced Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. He seduced them. How did he seduce them? Were they in awe of his kingly robes? Were they in awe of that gold? Were they in awe of the buildings? Were they in awe of his outer garments? How did he seduce them? Was he one big shiny object that says he must be right because he looks so good? Gavin Newsom must be right. Look at that hair. <laughs> but people are like, duh. It's all outward, you know. What does the word of God say? What does the word of God say? But he seduced them nonetheless. And the Lord spoke to Manasseh and his people, but they would not listen. I want to read from 2 Corinthians. You can turn there with me because I didn't write it down. Let's just go. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 and 4. Give me an amen when it's here there. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Verse 3. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. The gospel is veiled to so many people today, and it was during Manasseh's time. God sent prophets into his life to wake him up. 
I mean, how merciful is God that he would send prophets to Manasseh? We have an amazing, loving father who is so long-suffering. He is so compassionate. We would have written off Manasseh a long time ago. But he sends prophets, and you know what? They wouldn't listen to them. And we have family and friends who will not listen to us. The gospel is veiled by the by Satan. So we must pray for them, pray that Satan would be bound so that they can see clearly and hopefully choose the gospel of Jesus Christ. That he came to die for sinners on the cross and was completely and utterly innocent. That's why Pilate wanted to release him, said this man is innocent. He died for our sins. And they buried him. On the third day, he rose for our justification. Part of our journey is that we preach and people don't receive. But some might, so we preach. We don't stop. And the Lord spoke to Manasseh and his people, but they would not listen. Therefore the Lord brought upon them the captains of the army of the king of Assyria. It's almost like if you won't repent when you hear the message from my prophets, then God has to go to stronger measures. The Assyrians were known for their brutality. They didn't just take captives, they tortured them, made their life a living hell. Therefore the Lord brought upon them the captains of the army of the king of Assyria who took Manasseh with hooks. These are nose hooks, guys. Somehow they had a little palito, a little stick, had a little like a rod, somehow hooked on the nose. So it wasn't like a chain, it was a rod. And they can move them by the face and the nose. And he did this to Manasseh, guys. Bound him with bronze fetters. And these were more like handcuffs, but without the chain, just a bar. So to walk, it, he had to zigzag. It's terrible. It wasn't loose, like a chain gang kind of thing. It was, it was brutal. Bound him with bronze fetters and carried him off to Babylon. Babylon, 500 miles of this embarrassment, of this shame. And it's a good thing that Manasseh is still alive because there's still hope for the sinner as long as he's still alive. No matter how wicked our sins were, the blood of Christ cleanses us all of them, of all of them. It says here, now, when he was in affliction, he implored the Lord as God. When he was in affliction,
a lot of thinking going on when you're being hauled 500 miles away as a prisoner. Galatians tells us in chapter 6, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. John, the beloved, in his second epistle, or first epistle, second chapter, says, Do not love the world or the things in the world, if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away in the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. No doubt Manasseh had to be thinking about the complete contrast of his life and his father's. He had so much knowledge available to him of God. He's the prince after all. He had all the knowledge, he had all the, his Bible stacked. Teachers, preachers, you know. And today it's the same way. You can Google anything about the Bible. If people want Jesus Christ, they know where to find him. That's why when he judges, he's going to judge righteously. Because it's everywhere. The information age is now, and you can find out anything you want to know. If you want to know. The problem with coming to Christ is that I remember coming and wanting him, but I couldn't see myself giving up my sin. There's a battle for my soul. There was a battle for your soul. I, I could not believe he can change me. With, with all of the abortions, 60-something million since 73, you think there's a lot of people out there guilty of innocent blood? It's everywhere. We were all Manasseh. We were all Manasseh. You know... When they heard that Jesus was eating and drinking with tax collectors and sinners, they told his disciples, why does he do that? And Jesus answered them in Mark 2.17, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I do not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. In Matthew eleven twenty eight, he says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. God says to the sinner, Isaiah 1, 18, I mean, Isaiah was around at this time. Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. John the Beloved said in 1 John 1, 9, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Paul says in Romans 5, verse 6 through 8, 
For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love towards us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. What dungeon did he save you from? The mercies of God. It's not fair (laughs) that he would forgive a sinner like me. The Apostle Paul, my goodness, he said, I am the least of the apostles because I persecuted the church of God. Forgiven. I think we should remember that Jesus said he who is forgiven much loves much. You don't need a long rap sheet. It's a perspective of the heart. He has forgiven you much. He's forgiven me much. Now when he was in affliction, he implored the Lord his God. This reminds me of that, of that, uh, of that psalm. Uh, 139.7-8 Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your parents? From your parents, from your presence. Yeah, where can I flee from your parents? If I ascend into hell, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. You know, it's like, even in Babylon, 500 miles away, all he has to do is ask. Woo! No matter where we're at, all we have to do is cry out. Now, when he was in affliction, he implored the Lord his God and humbled himself greatly before the God of his fathers and prayed to him. And he received his entreaty, heard his supplication, and brought him back to Jerusalem into his kingdom. Then Manasseh knew that the Lord was God. Man, shoot, he did all that bad and he's in. Just like us. After this, he built a wall outside the city of David on the west side of Gehon in the valley as far as the entrance of the fish gate. And it enclosed Ophel and he raised it to the very great height. Then he put military captains in all the fortified cities of Judah. He took away the foreign gods and the idol from the house of the Lord and all the altars that he had built in the mount of the house of the Lord and in Jerusalem. So he cleaned up, guys. So Jesus says, repent and For the kingdom of God is at hand. The message of the gospel hasn't changed. The message of the gospel is that he's saving people from judgment. And if someone's truly saved, this is what it looks like. They, they, they use, they, they have a diligence about them, a brokenness that says, I'm going to work for the Lord now. So why don't, why doesn't everybody work for the Lord? Jesus said in John 12, 25, he who loves his life will lose it. He who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him, my father, will honor. And he's cleaning house and he cast them all out of the city. He also repaired the altar of the Lord, sacrificed peace offerings and thank offerings on it and commanded Judah to serve the Lord God of Israel. Nevertheless, the people still sacrificed on the high places, but only to the Lord their God. And he went to work to make things right. And that's what repentance looks like. It's not just saying, I'm sorry. And then do the same thing. I'm sorry. And then do the same. I'm sorry. And do the same thing. What changes have we made? 
your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. If your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. What changes, Jesus would say to us, have you made? He's willing to touch the lepers. But he says to all of us, go and sin no more. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We pray humbly that you would help us to apply it to our lives, Lord. Help us to be good Christians and to honor you, to do good but not and not do evil. Lord, we're grateful that you shepherd us. You are our pastor. You are our king, our shepherd. We just love you tonight. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We don't.